Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Father, we want to stand in your presence because we recognize it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit. It's by your spirit. It's by your spirit. I just want you to take a moment. I just want you just to revel in the presence of God. Because I know when I was in worship, I just felt the anointing of God dressed upon me. Because I believe that today is a significant day where God wants to bring about healings and restorations. Because God has been speaking to me on this word for quite a while. And I'm thinking, God, I don't know if this is the word that actually follows on from Easter. Because I want to bring on the I wanted to bring the word about how the difference that Jesus made the days after Easter. But when God lays a word on my heart, I will obey. Because this is a word I believe is going to bring a difference into people's lives today. So I want you to just turn around to the person beside you and say, listen up, God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you. Thank you, band. We had an incredible time last Easter. We had eight new families and kids work. We had an incredible amount of visitors. And I just want to say thank you, church, for inviting. Because without the power of invitation, people don't know what's happening. So I want to say thank you for inviting. Thank you for laying out the red carpet for all our visitors. Thank you for laying out the red carpet for each other. Thank you for being the ones who picked up the litter, who made the food, who actually went about creating a theater to become an atmosphere of a church. But Joe, you know what we're doing? We're just getting you to see things in a different way because we ain't going to be limited by this church. We see in the spiritual that God is going to take this church and is going to plant out, plant out, plant out, plant out. And we're going to have different locations. Come on, people. We're going to have different locations. Why? Do you want to know why? Because the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is also in the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is also in me and is also in you. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for this church, and you better believe it. We're going to fulfill it because it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by His. Are you with me? Did any of you notice the container across the road? That's, no, you didn't, did you? You came in this building, you had your head down, you saw your buddy, and you never even bothered to look across in that car park. Well, there is a container there that is ready for the community fridge. Isn't that good? Do you know, the life of this church this week has been pretty incredible. We had the relaunch of the tribe of the youth. Where's all the youth in the house? I love that they are building up our youth, that they are seeing them grow in wisdom and in stature, how to serve God, who, who you are in God. You see, when we get them as kids, when we get them as youth, you see, when you train them up in the way they shall go, they will not depart when they're older. Do you, I, I want to feel like I'm just about to fall off you. Yes, the word of God, get it in you. Let the word of God land on soil that's already toiled so that when the Lord of God comes into you like a seed, it will be ready to actually grow, grow and flourish. You see, the word of God, I could speak it over you and speak it over you and speak it over you, but if your heart is hardened towards the things of God, it will bounce off you. And it won't even make any impact or difference. Why do you just welcome the Holy Spirit now? Just welcome the Holy Spirit. Lord, soften my heart. 
open my heart to receive because I want to know that I'm growing, I'm flourishing in the house of God. You see, planted you flourish. Let the soil of your heart just be ready. God, speak to me because I'm ready. I'm ready for today. Even what else has been going on this week, this week? There's been a new dance group set up with Lauren and all the call them the Bally Bunnies. There's no way I'm going to fit into that group. No wonder, no matter how I, good I think I am at dancing. There was also leaders that got together yesterday, small group leaders. We had Mr. Jason Strathdee, who initially was Hillsong's London campus pastor. And he came and he actually poured into our leaders. And he just taught us how to grow your vision, how to look at, how to set church culture, what it is that you're looking for, how to make an impact on the city. You see, if we look to those people who've already done, have already achieved, then I'm going to learn from them. You see, if I'm too closed-hearted and go, do you know what, I'm it, I've done my education, I'm, I'm ready to give, then do you know what, that's arrogance and I will never grow. That's why we're always open people. Why don't you come and you, and you give? Give what you've got into our people because I want to have that attitude of always learning and always growing. You see, we are in a very much exciting new season, but the, God has a plan for this church, but so does the enemy. And the enemy will do what he can to dishearten his people to stop stepping out and doing what God has got for us to do. I always get pretty tired and exhausted. There's times I just think, God, I've got enough going on in my life. If there's one more issue coming up, I'm going to explode. Or maybe, maybe that's just the attitude of a wrong pastor, not wrong pastor, a naughty pastor. There's times where my attitude can just suck and I just think, God, I've had enough. I've tried to, in some ways, I've strived in my own energies and I've not rested and been still in God's presence because he's my strength. He's the one that girds me up. He's the one that gives me the wisdom and the foresight to know what to do. So when we brought all our elders or our leaders together, we just, we called it a time of revive and refresh because we so believe that the leaders of this house are like the backbone. Our small group leaders are like the backbone. Why? Because they pour into our people. They pastor the small groups. There's just no way Gordon and I can do it. And we have absolutely brilliant small group leaders who can do a way better job than what we ever could. So if you see your house group leader or your small group leaders today, give them a fiver. <laughs> give them a high five. Now, if you've got 12 people in your, your group and you've got a fiver from each other, 60 quid, let's go out for lunch. I, I'm joking. I, I really am joking. Okay, don't give them a fiver. Give them a high five. Give them a hundred. That would be much better. Anyway, two weeks ago, I actually went to a consultant because I'd been struggling with my, um, my breathing issues. And uh, six years ago when I was in India and I came back and this breathing issue started and I was so bugged by it. I said, God, you've called me to be a voice in this nation and I'm dealing with breathing issues. So they put me on asthma inhalers and it wasn't working and they put me in the next set of asthma inhalers and it wasn't working and I went and the nurse the asthma nurse said to me Fiona you're on the bleach effect the the bleach of asthma inhalers it's the strongest we've got I'm thinking this is if you just tell them I'm preaching then I'll be there with them in a minute <laughs> so he said I'm only joking by the way please just take me a pinch of salt here so he said, Fiona, so I went to the consultant and he said, you don't have asthma. Well, thank you, Jesus. I've either been miraculously healed or wrongly diagnosed. I'm not too sure what. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, what the hand is it? And this doctor brought me to tears in an instant. And I'm sure he wasn't too sure how to handle me because I actually didn't hear what he said after he just said what he said. He said to me, Fiona, we have, because, well, let me, let me read it. Let me read it right. 
to get absolutely right. He said, Fiona, we're going to have a whatever it takes attitude to find out the problem. And you know, I just immediately welled up and I was like, God, because that doctor was no longer speaking to me. It was God who was speaking to me. Fiona, we're going to have a whatever it takes spirit to do whatever it takes to do what God has called us to do. So after I had a good greet and I kind of thank God for waterproof mascara, I got out and I said, God, I'm listening. Here I am. Send me. I'm listening. You see, when the woman with the issue of blood had been bleeding for 12 years, you better believe she went to every doctor she knew possible to find out the problem and find out the root of her problem. But it wasn't until she had the whatever it takes attitude. You see, she had to push through to get to Jesus. She had to overcome the fear of rejection. Why? Because any bleeding woman wasn't meant to be in a public circle. She had to push through the fear of rejection. She had to push through the fear of being trampled upon. But she had the whatever it takes spirit because I want to receive my healing. And I know when I get to Jesus that he will be my answer here. You see, what God has placed within you is greatness. What God has placed within you is greatness, but we can so fight it that God, I'm not really quite capable, good enough, don't really think I've got what it takes, but I want to tell you this, God has a plan and the enemy has a plan, and both Jesus and Satan were both called the morning star. But here's the difference. Only Jesus was called the bright morning star. You see, the enemy can only ever be an imitator of who God is, but he can never bring the light of his truth into your situation. Who knows that the power of your words has got life or death attached to them? You see, what you speak over your own situation, what I speak over my own health, has the difference of either bringing death or life over me. Fiona, whatever it takes, we're going to find out the issue and we're going to bring a solution. Whatever it takes. You see, the wor our words actually set us up for our harvest and our filters determine our behavior. I'm going to explain that. You see, we can have filters on forgiveness and our behavior is bitterness, how we respond. We can have a filter of anger and our behavior can be vengeful. We can have a filter of rejection and our behavior can be controlling. Why? Because I'll never be rejected again and I'll make sure I'm not set up for it. We can have a, a filter of shame and that shame can actually lead to self destruction, self-harm. I don't really feel that I'm good enough. We can have a filter of rebellion and that leads to living life with a free spirit and you struggle to plant yourself into a house of God. But when you are planted, you flourish. You can also have a filter of failure and you know what that does? It causes you to always try trying to be successful at something. And you know, there's some people who I know are super successful. They fight this battle of failure. And I look at them, but you've got this right, you've got that right, you've got this, and you've done this, and you've, and look how good you're doing it. No, no, I really could do so much better. 
that's a filter of holiness. Or we can have the filter of truth. See, when we have the filter of truth, when we're reading our lives through the, wo- the word of God says to us, we get the eyes of Jesus. And we're able to take on the whatever it takes spirit. You see, so many of us, and I'm included in this, I can look through the filter of I'm feeling a wee bitty short-changed God. I'm feeling a wee bitty short-changed. How come I get the short straw? How come that didn't work out for me, but seems to work out for them? You see, when I'm going to take a name at a business, a name at a ministry, a name at a relationship, for some people, they can hit and they can hit the target and they seem to be successful. For other people, they feel that they are the target and somebody's going to shoot me down. We need to change our mindsets. You know, when we were looking for a home, this is going back 19 years ago, the time of the boom, the market boom, I actually wrote out a list of what I wanted in a home. I said, God, this is what I want. Do you know what I wanted? Because I'd just come from a flat that was north-facing and it was really dark and dingy. I said, God, I want a house with really, really big windows that face south. That's what I wanted. And I, I want a place in the city where it's actually hidden so I feel I can go to a place of escape into my home. And I, I also want a place where I can bring up my family so there's going to be enough room for it. So we had gone for three different houses. You know, I, I wrote out my list. Gordon wrote out his list. And I'm like, put your list away, mate. We're just going to go with mine here. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> so I'd gone for three different houses. And, uh, or we went for three different houses. And we didn't get any of them. And every time, you know, my heart was just going, oh, God. I don't know how much more I can do with this. God, you know my list. And then I started to lessen my expectations. And we started to go for houses as well. Do you know what? This is what we can afford. This is. And at that time, there was 26 other people going for the same house you were, and they could offer so much more money than what we could. And so then Gordon took me to this house because he had a whatever-it-takes attitude that I didn't have at this moment in time. He... <laughs> I don't think I could say what's going through my head, son. <laughs> whatever it takes attitude. So he, he took me to see this house and I'm like, you wee bandit, you know we can't afford this. Why are you setting me up to go and see this house that if we can't afford it, plenty of other people will and there's no way we're going to get it. So his attitude was, Fiona, your attitude sucks. I mean, so I went off to work. I was teaching that time and we did have a telephone in the classrooms but it was only ever used for emergencies. So the phone went and I'm like, I worked in a bad boys' school. You didn't take your eyes off these bad boys. I picked it up and thinking, I hope this is the office. Uh, Fiona, your husband Gordon's on the phone. Somebody's dead. <laughs> Do you ever have a response like that? It's not an attitude of faith. It's an attitude of, oh, somebody's dead. What is it? Uh, Fiona, remember that house we saw? Gordon, I'm in the classroom. Are you serious? What, what's this about? Remember the house? Yes. What is it? He said, uh, we've got it. No, the kids are like, what, what is it, Mrs. Stewart? What is it, Mrs. Stewart? Uh, nothing, nothing, just, I've got, I've got a house. Oh, that's good. They weren't that least bit bothered. I'm thinking, how, how did you do it? What, what did you do? He went to the door, because he had a whatever-it-takes attitude. He had a word from God. He went to the door, and he said, look, mate, he said, we love your home, but we can only afford this amount. Will you accept it? And the guy said, could you move in in three weeks? It's yours. And Gordon's like, yep, we can move in three weeks. God will make a way when you have a whatever-it-takes <laughs> attitude. 
You see, God only brings good gifts to his children. Every good and perfect gift comes from... Did I have that one? It's from James 1. Every good and perfect light comes from the Father of lights. You see, God will always light a way for us. Where I kind of feel, God, I'm being stymied here. The Father of lights will give you every good and perfect gift. You see, the enemy wants us to believe that we only have the second best, you are the second best, you're only going to be given the second best, but you see, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. We need to start changing our attitude. I'm going to get, see if I can get right back to my notes here. I want to take you to a story in the Bible. This story in the Bible is um, it's actually quite a heartbreaking story. It's, it's quite shocking in some ways. But it's actually the story of Solomon when he was faced with two mothers who came in front of him with their baby. I've called my talk today, Take It to the King. But I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 3. It is a big chunk of scripture, but I make no apologies for it because scripture is life-giving. Are you ready to go in with me? We're going to dive in here. Okay. Solomon. He said, the Lord appeared to him in a dream during the night, and God said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. Verse 7, Lord my God, now you have made me your servant king, your servant king of my father's place, but I'm like a little kid. I don't know how to do what must be done. Can anybody relate? I ask that you give me a heart that understands so that I can rule the people in the right way, and know the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, it's just impossible. It's impossible to rule this great people of yours, verse 12. I'll give you wisdom and understanding and that is greater than anyone who's had, who has had in the past or will have in the future. I will also give to you what you didn't ask for, riches, riches and honor. During your life, no other king will be as great as you. And if you follow me and obey, my laws and commands, as your father David did, I'll give you a long life. So now we go into the courtroom scene. Are you ready for it? One day, two women who were prostitutes came to Solomon. As they stood before him, one of the women said, my master, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was there, right there with me. Three days later, this woman also gave birth to a baby. No one else was in the house with us. It was just the two of us. And one night, this woman rolled over on her baby and he died. So she took my son from my bed during the night while I was asleep. She carried him to her bed and then she put the dead baby in my bed. The next morning when I got up to feed my baby, I saw that he was dead. And when I looked at him even closely or more closely, I realized that wasn't my baby. That wasn't my son. No, no, the other woman cried out. The living baby is my son and the dead baby is yours. But the first baby said, no, no, no. The dead baby is my son and the dead baby is yours. But the first woman said, no. And they went ahead and they started to argue in front of the king. And King Solomon said, one of you says, my son is alive and the other is dead. And the other says the same. And so the king sent a servant. He said, get me a sword. Get me a sword. And when they brought it to him, he said, cut the living baby into two pieces and give each woman half. The real mother 
the true mother of the living child. She was full of love for her son. So she said to the king, please, please, my master, don't, don't kill him, don't kill the girl. Don't kill my baby, give, give the baby to her. But the other woman, she said, well, <laughs> neither of us is going to have it then, are we? No, cut him in two. Then King Solomon said, don't kill him. Give the baby to the first woman because she is the real mother. I just feel shivers going on me. When the people of Israel heard about this King Solomon's decision, they respected him very much and they saw that he had wisdom from God to make the right decisions. Now, I know a lot of us can think, well, thank God that wasn't me in that situation. But dare I say, I believe we have all been in this situation because I believe we have all experienced what it is to have dead hope. See, these two women were from very similar backgrounds. They lived in the same house. They had the same job. They both had a baby. They had a lot in common. And what it must have felt like for that mother to roll on top of her baby, I, I, I just don't know what it must have felt like for her to wake up to see her dead baby. But I believe God has given us all a baby to take care of. It's our walk with God. It's our marriages. It's our families. It's our businesses. It's our ministries. It's our small group. You see, we all have a baby that God has given to us to actually take care of. Do I know when I had babies and they would be up during the night and they'd be crying and because I was feeding, it, it was me that got up in the middle of the night. And there was times where I was so exhausted. I think every mother in the room can relate to this. Every father, you get so exhausted. And do you know what? I did fall asleep right next to my baby because I was so, and then you'd wake up and you'd kind of, oh, oh where's, where's the baby? Where's the baby? And then you put the baby into the cot and you think, thank you, Jesus, the baby's still alive and they didn't roll on top of it. But I believe that we can all, because we can get so tired of what we're doing in life, we can almost roll on top of what God has given to us. And we can suffocate the things that God has given to us because of exhaustion. How many of us have ever done something wrong unintentionally? I, I know I have. I've been speeding, I've been caught by a flashing camera and said, Jesus, please let there not be any film in that because I deserve it. <laughs> or when a, a police officer actually stops you for speeding and you would say, what's your occupation? And you say, pastor or, <laughs> or business owner, because both are true, but one actually holds a lot more cringe factor. And I had to say, uh, I'm a pastor. We've all faced our own horror situations, right? Now, I know that's a flippant example to be caught. Well, it's not that flippant, but hear me right. We've all faced our own horror situations when we've realized, I've just lost something that was actually very precious to me. And we all have a, a decision to make. We either face up to what we've done wrong and all that it may entail, the guilt factor, the I might have to stand before judge and jury. I, I don't know. I didn't, by the way. I don't. Or we cover it all up. We cover it. We hide it. Because I don't want him to see my shame. I don't want him to see my failings. I, I, ju I just keep it back. And this lady took the latter choice. 
She wanted to hide it, and she swapped out the babies. She swapped out the, the dead for the alive. Do you know what? Our gut instinct would say, I would never do such a thing, Fiona. But do you know what? We can have jealousy that we want to swap out what we've got for what they've got. And we can actually cause ourselves death as we roll on top of what God has given to us and we cause it to suffocate because I'm looking to others about what they've got and I want what they've got. For the other mother in the middle of the night, isn't it interesting it was the middle of the night that the, the, the other mother came in? The enemy will always come in the middle of the night when you're least aware to take what God has given to you so that when you wake up, you wake up next to death beside you. Have you ever woken up in the morning and just feel this heavy oppressiveness upon you? I think, God, I just feel like I've woken up with death right beside me. So we can go to bed at night and think everything's just going good. I'm working hard. And then I wake up in another season and another day and think, God, my hope, my future feels like it's died off. And I'm lying right next to it. Death to a dream. Death your job death to your future but when she further examined it in the light of the morning she realized this isn't right do we need to take what's dead and take it to the father of lights and say god is this my baby has it really died because god will always bring truth when you take it to the Father of Lights. I believe there's many people here who've woken up next to death and you've accepted the death of a dream because you thought you rightfully deserved it. You didn't roll on top of your baby. The enemy has come in and just taken from you. And God is saying he wants to give back your baby, your ministry, your child, your hope, your dream but we need to come into the father of lights you see we need to have that spirit of whatever it takes because the devil wants to steal your hope point number one they took their dispute to the king for truth to be revealed Joe for all our hurts our battles our concerns don't do it alone. If you do it alone, you'll be left with your dead baby. She took it to the king. Why? Because we know that Jesus intercedes for us all the time, right? Listen to this in Hebrews 4. This high priest of, our, of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands my failings. He understands what I've done wrong. For he faced all of the same testings that we do, and yet he didn't sin. So come boldly. You know when you come to the king with the, your issues that you're facing, your dead baby, your sin issues... Come boldly to the throne of grace. Because there we're going to receive his mercy, we'll find his grace, and we'll find our help when we need it most. You may say, Fiona, hey, you're teaching your granny how to suck eggs. Can you just say, granny, suck on? We need the word of God to bring in truth. Do we not? You're shocked thinking, did she really just say that in public? Yeah, I did. Because sometimes we just need that shock factor. You think, yeah, I've read the word, read the word of God. I know what it's all about. But can we put it into action? Can we get going to the throne of, God, of grace? I want to always point you to the truth. My second point is this. Sin 
precedes sin. Sin accelerates sin. Sin multiplies sin. Sin grows sin. You see, James 1, 4 verses, 1, 14 says this, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us to drag us away. Those desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You see, unrepented, unacknowledged sin doesn't just stop with you. It multiplies. It affects your relationships. It affects your children. Why? Because the Bible says that the sins of the forefather are inherited by the third and fourth generation. We need to be able to break the power of that sin. You see, that mother's sin, the first mother, when she woke up to her dead child, she accidentally killed her child, but she never owned up to it. She tried to cover it up. She then kidnapped another child. She then tried to lie, continually lie. She then went and had the audacity to go to a king and lie in front of a king. And then she was happy enough to watch another child actually die off. You see, for some people, their attitude is, well, I'm not going to have it, you're not going to have it. That's why we don't go fighting the mother, the other mother. We go to our king and we take our spiritual battles right there. You see, she went from giving birth to a child to actually killing off somebody else's child. You see, our sin, unrepented sin, actually causes us to want to see the death of what other people have got. It changes our inner attitude. It changes how we speak and we are looking for revenge. Unchecked sin, unrepented sin grows and it will kill off you. It will bring death. See, what it does is, with unrepented sin, aggressions get, or addictions get more aggressive. We can see deceit starts to thicken. One lie covers another lie, and you kind of keep up with the first lie you actually told because you can't remember what you said. The breakdown of family doesn't just break down once. It breaks over and over and over again. That is the deceit of lies. You see, when we bring it to the king, it exposes our sin, and it brings in the truth. How do we stop sin multiplying? This is key, and this is key, and I've taken this from Psalm 19, David, you know David went from adultery to murder. His sin multiplied. Listen to this in Psalm 19. It says, people cannot see their own mistakes. This is why it's good to be in a small group, by the way. Because <laughs> we're awfully good at seeing each other's mistakes. Okay, people cannot see their own mistakes. Forgive me for my secret sins. Keep me from the sins of pride and don't let them rule over me. Then I can be pure. Am I innocent of the greatest of sins and the innocent of greatest sins? May my words and thoughts please you, O God, the God of my rock and the one who saves me. Unrepented and secret sin rules. That's what that says, right? Don't let them rule me. You see, when we keep sin hidden, do you know what? the rest of the church don't see it. I don't do it on a Sunday. People don't see the relationships I'm involved in. We do things. Unrepented sin causes us to do things that we would never have done before. We get involved in relationships that will never actually bring you health, purity. We actually start to get so casual about the things of God, the word of God, coming into church, coming into worship. We get so casual about the things of God. Why? Because we've let unrepented sin take root in our hearts. And I don't want to go to the king because I know the king's going to actually bring about truth and break the power of sin over me. You see, unrepented sin causes us to swap out somebody else's baby. That's pretty hard to hear, isn't it? Unrepented sin actually causes us to have a landing strip in our life because the enemy can, has access right into your life. Well, you've thought, because you know what? We all do wrong. We all do wrong. But it's not right for us to go and swap out our dead baby for something else that's not actually ours because she fell asleep on the job. 
because exhaustion overtook her. Shall we need to find our strength in, in God to keep doing what God has called us to do? The third point is this. How am I doing for time? I'm okay for time? 22, okay. <clears throat> the third point is this. Use the sword of wisdom. That king said, give me a sword. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be like, are you kidding me? Jesus, meek and mild, you're going to take a sword to my life. We need to bring the sword of truth, the sword of the spirit, right to the root of sin issues. You see, the reason why that king took a sword was Jesus means business with our sin issues. He's not going to pussyfoot around us. Unrepented sin grows and produces death in our own lives. It can bring death to relationships. It can bring death to what you're trying to achieve in life, death to who you are, your walk with God. Even the, ki the king, remember he said, you know, I just feel like a wee child here. <laughs> I need your wisdom to help me make the decision between right and wrong. Otherwise, he said, it's impossible. You see, we can get into situations in life where we're faced up with a, I need to make a decision. Should I get into this relationship or not? Should I get into this business or not? Should I actually leave Dundee and, and find another job? When we seek God's wisdom, he will tell you the difference between what's wrong and what's right. King Solomon knew that by drawing the sword of truth, he would bring out the truth. Hebrews 4, listen to this. I'm giving you a lot of scripture. That's because I believe in you. And I know you can understand scripture and I know it's going to grow you. And we're all grannies that are still, no, I'm joking. Okay, verse 12, Hebrews 4, verse 12. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy and it pierces more sharply than any two-edged sword. And it's going to even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul, spirit, bone, and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. There's not one person who can hide their thoughts from God from no, for nothing that we do remains a secret and nothing is created, is concealed, but everything is exposed. Parents, if you've got a teenager who's given you hassle, this is a scripture to use. <laughs> everything is exposed in defensiveness before his eyes to whom we must render an account. Do you know, it must have looked so aggressive for, Jesus, for that king to take up a sword. But believe me, we want the king to take a sword to our lives and say, God, separate between lies and truth because I don't want to bring death to my own life. He wants us to bring that truth before it kills us. Please hear me. I would like you all to stand. I'm going to ask the band to come back because <clears throat> there's three areas I want to pray over. One is this. I believe some of you here have woken up to dead babies. Dead babies that you know was a gifting, a relationship, marriage, a job, where it was all going well, but the enemy came in in the middle of the night and he robbed from you, and you woke up to the death of what you thought was alive. For some, you have just allowed it to carry on because you didn't know what to do. God is saying, bring in the sword of the spirit, the sword of truth into your situation. You see, some of you have lost children to the enemy and God is saying, you wield that sword of the spirit 
and you take it to the root of where you have been robbed because God wants to bring in truth. And I believe that God is saying he wants to give you your babies back this day. God wants to bring you your babies back. For some, within, some people here are just actually starting to realize, what is my baby? What is my baby? Because God wants to give you your baby back this day. My second point is this. Where you have swapped out life for death, I want to say this is your opportunity just to come before God and say, God, will you forgive me? God, will you put things right in my life? Because seed, sin, sows seed, and it's growing and it's multiplying. And the third area I want to pray over is for those people who want to have a whatever-it-takes spirit, whether it be for your healing, whether it be for your situation, whether it's growing church, whether it's seeing people in your family come to know Jesus, God is saying he wants to release a whatever-it-takes spirit. So, Father, we come into your presence. We thank you, God, that we can just come boldly to your throne. We can meet with you. Father, it is our honor to be able to come to you and say, Jesus, will you help? Father, I pray, O oh God, for those people who have woken up to dead babies. Father, I pray, O oh God, that you would let them see that when they come and examine it under the Father of lights, Lord, that you will expose truth into that situation. And Father, may you give back to people their ministries, their relationships, the babies that died, Father, may you swap it out for rightful relationships. May you swap it out, oh God, for your truth, for your life. Because Father, we're recognizing that it was in the middle of the night the enemy came and he robbed you of what God had called you to do. And God is saying, swap it out. Swap it out. Swap it out. Swap your death for his life. You see, his resurrection brought life to us. His resurrection cut off all sin from our lives. The power of that sin from our lives. Swap it out. For the second category, where you have swapped out these babies, where you have rolled them top, where you've brought suffocation, where you've brought death to what God has called you to do you to speak over your baby and say, God, I want to swap out for your life. Forgive me, O oh God, where I got so exhausted, I gave up. Forgive me, O oh God, where I got so exhausted, I walked away and I looked to others and I got jealous of what they had and I tried to swap it out. Father, will you bring about restored babies into our lives? And for the third category, Father, pray, O oh God, for those who want to have the whatever it takes spirit, Whatever it takes, oh God, to receive from you. Whatever it takes to hear from you. Whatever it takes to have your healing. Whatever it takes to see my family, my children walk with you. Whatever it takes to obey you. Whatever it takes to see my business actually flourish and actually bring prosperity to the kingdom of God. Whatever it takes. Father, let us have that whatever it takes. Will you release that anointing upon your people? Will you bring healing to those whose babies have died off? Will you bring forgiveness to those, Lord, who are crying out to you, Lord? Will you forgive us where I had unrepented sin and I allowed death to come in and take out my baby? Father, will you bring those who want to have a spirit of whatever it takes? Lord, in this next song of worship, Father, will you release your anointing upon your, peeler, your people? Will you release your healing upon your people? I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.